0: The six thirty Chad afternoon news with Jalen Nye weekdays at two on six thirty Chad.
1: Interesting people,
0: relatable stories, relevant, topical. This is six thirty Chad afternoons with Jalen Nye.
2: Wednesday, September eleventh anniversary of a tragic day in our world and we'll touch on that uh, coming up we will talk about that but I also want to continue the conversation uh, about the fact that the federal election campaign officially underway as uh, Justin Trudeau uh, went to Ottawa this morning uh, visit uh, well was at Rideau Hall and uh, launched this election the voting day of course October 21st. Um, Andrew Scheer kicked off the campaign in Quebec today. Jagmeet Singh, the NDP leader in southern Ontario, where he had events scheduled in Hamilton, Toronto and London. And wanted to, um, you know, I've been playing some of the clips from the leader, so wanted to make sure that, uh, you know, we hear from all of them. The NDP leader, Jagmeet Singh, um, kicking off... His campaign in London this morning, the first time that, that he spoke officially as the campaign got, our way, uh, got underway, and laid out part of his party's focus. Take a listen.
3: We can expand our Medicare system to include medication for all, care for all, and extend it beyond that to include dental care, vision and hearing care, and mental health services. Woo. We can do that, but only if we have the courage to take on the lobbyists and the corporate interests. We can build 500,000 new affordable homes across this country and tackle the housing crisis. We can do that, but only if we have the courage to take on money launderers and speculators that keep on driving the cost of housing. And we can provide a relief for Canadians who are paying some of the highest costs in the world for cell phones and internet services. We can do that, but only if we have the courage to take on the big telecom lobbyists. And we can fight now, we can act now to take on the climate crisis and build 300,000 new quality jobs, but only if we have the courage to take on the big polluters and to end the fossil fuel subsidies.
2: So I know what you're thinking, Chadville. I know exactly what you're thinking, because I was thinking the exact same thing when I was listening to it this morning, when I was watching it this morning. Um, How's that all going to get paid for? And he was asked about that.
3: In terms of feasibility, it's really a matter of choices. I mean, if you look at the past year, Mr. Trudeau didn't do a feasibility study before he cut the corporate tax rate by Uh, 14 billion dollars to allow the wealthiest corporations to buy corporate jets and limousines. He didn't study that, he made a choice. He didn't really ask people or consult whether Canada could afford to buy a pipeline, and he spent $4.5 billion on a pipeline. That's almost $20 billion in money that was spent to help out the wealthiest, not to help out Canadians. We would make different choices. With the resources we have, we take it very seriously. We take our budget very seriously, but we would invest in things like universal pharmacare for all, building the housing that people need, making sure people are put at the centre of what we do. We also have put forward some of our measures. So we're working with the parliamentary budget office to put out the costing, and one of the things that we've done announced recently is to pay for some of our promises, we're ready to increase revenue. And to do that, we're asking the people at the very top to pay a little more. And so we put forward a super wealth tax, which is a tax on those who've got fortunes of over $20 million. The PBO has announced that that would raise in the first year close to $6 billion, and eventually it could build up to about $10 billion. That's a commitment to raise funds. to. To enact our promises.
2: Okay so there you heard it from Jagmeet Singh the NDP leader saying that um, to pay for that they're, they're looking at feasibility uh, of, of everything but um, that they would do a, a very top super wealth tax which could raise six billion to ten billion dollars in a year. Did you hear what he said about the pipeline? It jumped out at me this morning when I was listening to it. He said that uh, Trudeau bought the pipeline to help the wealthiest, not to help out Canadians. And I'm like, okay, um, what's Alberta. And we're hopeful, of course, that things are going to move along here. Things are going to get done. My gosh, how much longer can we wait for? I just thought that that comment uh, was a little odd, was a little strange this morning. Uh, Brian has been patiently waiting this afternoon. Brian, thank you. Yes, really. Uh, two things. Yes, sir. Um,
1: when Trudeau, this and she thinks he's saving jobs in Quebec. Yeah. What about the West? Uh-huh. And also, I was raised in the 70s. When Trudeau brought that national energy yep, program. Yep. And now it's like, his dad screwed the West, and now he's doing the same thing. Mm. I don't know if that's true, but I think that's what he's doing.
2: Well, I think there's a lot of people that feel that way, Brian. I think there's... I, I, is Is it true? I don't know. I, I keep going back to the fact that he actually bought a pipeline. You know, $4.5 billion worth of a pipeline. And I know some of you are like, yeah, well, it's going to get all tied up. It's going to get bunged up. I'm still hopeful that, um, you know, that it's going to, to make a big difference. I mean, a lot of people have have, have put a lot of faith into that. But. Yeah, you know what, Brian, you're not alone. You know, you're not alone in, in feeling that way. What's your number one issue going into this campaign? What is your number one thing that's going to drive your ballot, that's going to get your vote on Election Day, Brian? Well, get the that
1: pipeline going. Like, some more. there's some more other stuff going on to block it now. So let's
2: just get this going and get this country moving. Brian, appreciate the phone call. We'll head over to William. Hi, William. Thanks for being so patient.
0: No problem. How are you today?
2: I'm pretty good. What's going on?
0: Well, uh, I was listening to Trudeau there this morning there, and of course he's talking about the millions of jobs he's created. Well, no jobs out here in Alberta, or Saskatchewan for that matter. Uh, The the,
2: the job numbers um, nationally have been going up, uh, but you're right, out here we're not feeling it, feeling that necessarily, no. Yeah,
0: and he talks about working for the middle class. Well, he talked about that during his last election campaign, and since then, my taxes have gone up Mm. pretty well 800 bucks every year. And, yeah, I don't know. It's you, you, just about that. Like he talks about creating jobs. I, I go. I remember back when he started his campaign before the last election and they had 10 uh, people there that sat on stage, y'all had a question I asked. There was a young man from Alberta and worked on an oil field and asked, about well, what upcoming jobs in this set? And Trudeau said, hang tough. I wish they would find that gentleman and see.
2: You see where he is. If he a tough, or maybe he hung himself. I don't know. Oh man, William, you um, <laughs> you know you sound you just you sound really frustrated, and you sound.
0: I am frustrated because you know I just come back from Halifax myself on a vacation. Yeah, and then people out there, yeah, they they uh, they they think it's all our fault. Like well, I'm going to talk in climate change now. They think it's all our fault. But yeah, everybody out there has got a wood stove. They got fishing boats that run on diesel and. Uh. And I talked to some of the restaurant people they want not, and they say that uh, this storm that went by, uh, yeah, wasn't
2: right. even
0: as bad as one. Yeah.
2: What? So you, your number one thing would be jobs, would be the economy. The jobs and the economy,
0: And I, I agree with you too. What I like to see is no more than the backstabbing, or yeah. I guess not bad, but don't call people, or don't bring up something years ago.
2: Well, that's that's who an interesting. Cares? Well, that's an interesting thing, and that's a whole other conversation, isn't, yeah. isn't it, William? People when people say, okay, uh, you, let's say who, what you know, p- politician A said this ten years yes, ago. I care. I don't care about do, that. Do, do you know care? does it now? make a difference now. But do you think that you know? I guess you know. It's it's an interesting question about whether or not people can change in some of those deep-seated beliefs, right? Yeah. So, well.
0: And uh, it, it's like you're calling before we went to news break. He, he brings up something about uh, Harper going to a dog show. Like, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, holding a grudge from back then, like since Trudeau's been in power, what what he's done, everything from going on a vacation to uh, giving fifteen point five million to the terrorists and our, our veterans who fought for their lives but no arms waged And he tells us that they got no money to give them, mm. but yet he can fly around the world and do this and well, that. Well, and- you
2: know that that Veterans Affairs portfolio has been a schmozzle for years. It's not just been under yeah. the Liberal government. It it dates back. Uh, it dates back a bit. But yeah, you're right. Uh, well, well I, I see
0: the show on television there, and they were talking to a, a Marine corporal there, and he said they, it's a bit a, they've been hiding that information for years. Well, you, you know, know what,
2: uh, William? Thanks for uh, giving me the uh, One too. more
0: point. Uh, yes, I was, like, I listened to your show there on Sundays, Roy Green there, and he actually had a, uh, a native of, uh, I think he was in charge of the industrial affairs or whatever, but he had talked about Mo- having a check ready to go and had sent the letter to Trudeau, and he said they were willing to write a check for him, but he said no one showed up.
2: So, <laughs> okay, I, I missed that. Who was he writing a check for?
0: Uh, he was going to write. He had sent a letter to Trudeau, and he, he said the natives out there uh, around the coast, whatnot, they had agreed oh. that they would buy the pipeline for oh. four, you know, yeah. million dollars. But he said nobody showed up to, to see him.
2: There's a, there's a, that that's was, a. That's
0: that's that's Trudeau's trump card. You wait <laughs> uh, two weeks before the election, he's going to bring that out and say, okay, he sold it. Yeah, and well. Then, Boom.
2: Well, there's a, there's a number of uh, First Nations that do want to, uh, to be a part yeah. of that, right? Yeah. So, so I,
0: yeah. And I he's going
2: to get back. He's going to get. He,
0: he's going to get back in, in anyway because the out east there they're, they're going to vote for him regardless of uh, yeah. even if they like him or not. Oh my gosh! You know, they don't. They don't. They don't care for the West from what I get.
2: Do you, do you feel that? Do you feel that way? <laughs> oh no, yeah, yeah! Yeah! Yeah!
0: Yeah, they. You know, you talk about uh, a prejudice or a split uh, country. Oh yeah, I you know, I sense it right away.
2: And it's funny because when I moved out here, and you know, when things yeah. were booming, um, you know, my my dad would always joke about you know Alberta being you know that where the where the streets were paved with gold. I mean, no. when when the oil prices were high, when things were great, everything was great, wasn't it?
0: No. Well, um, you're up there. I'm sitting looking on my patio deck in my hotel, and you got oil tankers coming in and this and that and and. Yeah, it's not our one
2: well will i uh, william i appreciate you taking the time to give me a shout this afternoon good to chat with yep. you thank yep. you so right. much all right it is 3 17 chris angus hold the line your calls after this okay more of your calls in just a moment um well, you heard from uh, the NDP's Jagmeet Singh recently. He's fighting, uh, you know, this as his, you know, his first campaign as leader, struggling to retain uh, the party's third place status uh, because Green Party Elizabeth May wants. You know, she's working to make a breakthrough and build on the party's two seats and, uh, you know, some of the polling numbers and you look at certainly on, on the East Coast, what's what's happening there today. Wow. Just um, just a pumped up Green Party leader. Um, addressing the crowd this morning in a news conference saying this is the most important federal election in Canadian history this election is about telling the truth to Canadians about how serious the climate emergency really is and we do that in order not to create fear we do that in order to give everyone hope we have a plan we know this is a climate emergency and we don't just use the words without understanding their meaning how How could we in Parliament have passed a motion June 17th that we're in a climate emergency and the next day our government committed to spend $13 billion on the Trans Mountain Pipeline to drive up greenhouse gases? We will continue to stand firm. We will hold the line. No one can dissuade us from seeing clearly that we need to move away from fossil fuels as quickly as possible, and that's mission possible. And that is Green Party leader Elizabeth May uh, looking to make a breakthrough in this election. Some more of your phone calls. Chris, gosh, you've been waiting almost 40 minutes. I appreciate it. Hi. Hey,
4: Jalen. How are you doing?
2: Good. What's What's on your mind going into this election?
4: Oh, my goodness. I think I'm going to have an aneurysm by the time that the end of this election cycle goes by just from listening to this stuff. But uh, I don't know. Hopefully we all come out the other side with either a great sense of humor or an amazing sense of uh, patience. I'm not sure which one it's going to need. But uh, getting back to uh, the, the fantastic speech by our illustrious past leader this morning about the largest wave ever of cabinet confidentiality. You know, he says that like some sort of knight in shining armor, like we should all be proud of him and be in awe. And I've actually heard some people today talking to each other like, you know, that's real leadership. Look at that. But people, like, you need to almost look at this like, you know, the the. The upset girlfriend that's kind of looking at the motives behind things. Mm. No one has ever needed to waive cabinet confidentiality before because they've never been in trouble with ethics violations. Mm. Yeah. That's like yeah. being patted on the back for doing the right thing too late. See, you don't, and so- at the end of the day, like it, it, just it doesn't matter. We we need to kind of look back. You know, the Canada 150 speech was a little bit of. of Kind of, of of planning, and everyone kind of you know dismissed it when Alberta was left off the beach. You, you think it, he
2: did it on purpose?
4: <laughs> oh, I, I wouldn't doubt it. Honestly, like uh, you, when when you can't trust somebody, you have to question every motive. And unfortunately, himself and his father have really proven that they're no friend of Alberta, and they haven't really shown anything different. And and I apologize when somebody says you know they've invested in the Trans Mountain Pipeline. Mm. Well, first of all, it was the taxpayers that invested the money. So we need to stop using the, the term the government bought or, or something. Like that. No, sorry, the taxpayers no. bought. And in all honesty, there's no fiscal management with the Liberals anyway. So at the end of the day, this $4.5 billion, they can buy it and leave it on the shelf all day long because there's no accountability. All that happens is we just keep adding to the debt. We had that gentleman call in and he was talking about, you know, we, we we're probably not paying the principal or, you know, we're maybe the interest. I don't think people understand. We're, we're paying the interest, but we're adding to the principal all the time. If we look at how much we spend, like, you know, the payout to the media, $4.5 billion over here for something that, honestly, I have not seen a shovel in the ground and we have more court challenges, and and the government doesn't show up, like, you you don't have to be a psychic to read between the lines.
2: Chris, I appreciate your phone call. I appreciate you taking the time and waiting online, but I need to get to one more call before the break. Mike, hi. Hey, how you doing, Jalen? Good, Mike, I'm running out of time, though, so what do you want to say? I just want
1: to say, you know, been listening to your show, I always listen to your show, big election thing, you know, I'm just really, I'm disappointed. All I'm hearing from the folks here is we hate Trudeau. We don't believe in Trudeau. We hate Trudeau. You know, he bought a pipeline, and it's like, what a waste for him. He could buy us gold paved streets, and we still hate him. I'm not sure why he did anything for us. People got to understand our problems are well beyond any single political party solving it. Like, we got to work together. Everybody's just tearing up and beating up oh. our leaders it doesn't matter who it is you want to beat the crap out of them because they haven't fixed our problems our problems are complex well and, and we my, need to come together to solve them all i hear is
2: division division we hate we hate we hate yeah. We hate. yeah and I, and, and that's respect. what it is and and that's what it is and that's what it has been in the last number of elections mike and it's just going to get worse I it's know, just going to get sad. worse it's exhausting it is So I just want to get through this election. I don't hardly care who wins. I'm pretty
1: pessimistic. They don't have the answers and they're not going to solve our problems, whoever comes out with it. I'm just tired of listening to all this anger and all this blaming and all this hate. It's like, wow, like Justin Trudeau didn't make our problems here. Like, okay, fair enough. He might not be able to fix them or solve them. But, I mean, geez, he's just a guy trying to do the best he can. Come on, he's like any politician. They go here and they serve the people and they try and do the best. Yeah, he makes mistakes we all do. Like, wow, the hatred is Mm. just, it's too much.
2: Mike, I appreciate that. Thanks for calling in this afternoon. Okay. All right. Uh, again, uh, the text line down this this afternoon, but I want to thank everyone who has taken the time to to call in. I I do like what Mike says about the anger and the divisive the divisiveness, um, because it's true and and it's exhausting and it's frustrating. And I get I get um, uh, why a lot of you are, are ticked off. I hear about it uh, every day. I, I get emails. I get phone calls. I get text messages. Whatever it is. Wouldn't it be, Hannah, yeah, that's kind of pie in the sky. I was going to say, wouldn't it be nice if we could come together and find solutions together and work together? And I get that that's not necessarily how it is because there's different parties with different ideals. Um, But the divisiveness of politics has become so huge Um, I can see why some people are fed up with it and why some people would just turn away from it and just say, I don't really care anymore.